folks, we're going to continue to talk about Jordan Addison today. Did he officially enter the transfer portal? What is going on with this entire situation? We're going to welcome in Locked On's recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr. We're going to talk about this, the future of college athletics, where everything looks like it could be potentially going. We are going to talk about all that today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pit Podcast, folks. As always, I try to have... John Garcia Jr., Locked On's recruiting insider and analyst on every week. Does great stuff for us. Has told us a few things about recruits. But obviously, the story of the week this week, it's not as much about recruiting. Well, I guess it is, but more so about the portal in the recruiting department. It's obviously Jordan Addison. That is the big national story. Everyone's talking about it right now. It is really, really kind of making the airwaves. Leaving Pitt, the smoke has been to USC and tampering and whatever you hear all the buzzwords going around and john we we've heard all about this this is a wild situation but i think it's the first prominent guy we've really seen blow up like this in terms of the public face right and that's the thing nick i think that's why it was so shocking not not only because it was literally right up against that may 1st deadline in terms of him entering the portal but because he was so darn established and Pitt is supposed to be really good this year and contend for the, you know, at least the coastal division. Um, it was really set up for him to f- have a chance to follow up the Bolitnikov season with one that was in similar territory, which is not something we see really ever in college football. So there were so many things lined up for Pitt that were tied to Jordan Anderson staying at Pitt, or, or Addison, I should say, staying at Pitt. Um, and then, you know, here he goes into the portal. And I think that's where it's so striking because we – we have so many logical entrants into the portal, right? A uh, kid gets injured, medically disqualified, wants another opinion, goes to another school for that opinion, makes sense. Uh, quarterback competition. One guy wins the battle and stays, the loser hits the portal. We just saw that at Baylor. We, we've seen that throughout this, this past season and spring at, at other places. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, kid comes in, highly touted, buried on the depth chart, wants to just try somewhere else, maybe even a lower level. Makes a lot of sense. Kids wanting to go back home. They got a family issue. Makes a lot of sense. This one doesn't on the the optical level. It is a kid who, a player who is as good at his position as any other player at their position from this past year, who has, in theory, everything lined up to not only have a chance to duplicate that, but play on Sunday, which is really, for a lot of these guys, the ultimate goal. So to leave that kind of seemingly stable situation is jarring it is shocking to us and and everyone else so naturally it goes into this whole ideological argument about nil and tampering and recruiting and what's legal what should be legal how do we fix this and it's it's just a slippery slope of pandora's box of what ifs um so it, it is really fascinating and i think that's why this jordan addison situation regardless of how it ends up is going to be the one we start to link back to when we talk about uh, kind of the perils of the portal, uh, or in some cases, uh, what's exciting about it from a news perspective. So obviously this fan base is not excited about it, but it is something important to consider in, in, in the money-driven business that is college football uh, in general. 
Yeah, and that's what you say. I think that it has been so jarring and so huge. Now, I know that some Pitt fans have been wondering, he's not in the portal yet officially. His name hasn't officially been drawn in. One, when does that happen? Uh, we've heard that he has filed those papers and the compliance department just needs to process them through. Two business days is what it is. Um, so I expect him to be in the portal officially either today or tomorrow if he not if he is not already in there. But I, I guess when you talk about this with the rumblings of the NIL deal, you'll see some figures thrown around like it's more than three million bucks and he's got a house going with it. Um, like that's what the, the rumor mill is saying right now. And it's a huge NIL deal and it's before he even officially hits the portal. I think that's what makes this situation kind of specifically interesting because Maybe this had happened before in the same fashion, but everything is public right now. It's really not, say, at mass at all. I mean, it's it's very non-subtle, and we kind of hear that they already have these deals worked out and everything. It feels like the offer's already out there. Yeah, and that's obviously uh, just the massive issue with uh, contact and tampering in general, right? Because it doesn't have to be direct to Jordan Addison. It could be to his high school coach. It could be to friends. It could be acquaintances, mentors, seven-on-seven coach, um, high school friend. I mean, family, anybody can really facilitate something like this. And if he trusts that person and that person is bringing this kind of, let's be honest, life-changing scenarios, why wouldn't you consider it, right? You can can understand this thing really from all angles. You can understand why uh, Coach Narduzzi was on the phone with Lincoln Riley. You can understand why – Folks have been up at arms about the whole process in general. Um, and you can understand why Jordan Addison might leave a, such a great situation for something else. Uh, it, it is very fascinating in those aspects. Uh, in terms of the portal itself, Nick, I was told that he was in as of this morning, officially. Uh, it was it was a good source. It was a college-level uh, coach who did confirm that news to me. Uh, and and ta- in talking to him, who, and he's very familiar with Jordan, if you catch my drift in one way or the other, you know, he, he said that there's a lot of questions about the destination. Um, you know, USC is the expected uh, fallout place just because of the, the figures that have been tossed out there, two, three million dollars, as you mentioned, maybe a house, even though he's, what, is he going to live in it for seven months? Uh, that's a story for another day. Um, but I'm told Texas is in this. Obviously, Brendan Marion was, was his position coach during, during his ascent. Uh, I'm told Alabama's in this as well to a degree. Um, and I, I, on the other side of it, I'm told that the, the USC smoke and honestly the frustration coming from the East Coast and in Pittsburgh in particular has the higher ups at USC kind of on pause. Like, do we do we want to go all in this uh, in this direction? Because we know what happened the last time there was really no checks and balances at that program. Uh, that they haven't recovered fr- from that point, right around the Reggie Bush situation uh, and and other situations in LA at that time. So. There's a lot of contending conversations that are going on surrounding Jordan Addison. So the storylines become infinite, not only in, in eth- what is right ethically, but also where in the world he's going to end up. I mean, and maybe there's a scenario where he ends up right back at Pitt. You know, that's something that we have been duped by in the past. I remember at Georgia when Amarius Mims went into the portal, everyone said he was so disgruntled, even though, you know, he was a backup on that national title team. He just thought – he would be in the rotation. He took an official visit to Florida State. Miami was in it. And then all of a sudden, by the next Monday, he's right back at Georgia, out of the portal, just in time to get his ring at the ceremony. So these things change so quickly uh, in this this game um, that I think just as, as quickly as everyone can kind of get mad at USC or at least 
interested in USC, it could go the other way. So it, it's really fascinating. And I think by the time even somebody hears this, there could be a whole different set of circumstances to consider. and stuff about this pit matching the USC offer is apparently what happened. Yes. Then USC re-upped the offer and then Addison proceeded to go out to, we saw the, the rumor that he was in Las Vegas and then he went to Los Angeles and there's so much going on to this, but this has apparently become a bidding war over Jordan Addison. And I, I say for one, I think this is a good thing for the players. I love this for the players. I think they, they get it. They're getting them worth is great for them, but also there's the other side where it's like, okay, the guy isn't even officially in the portal yet and we're bidding over his services. And what does that actually mean for college football in the future? And, and this, and I kind of laid out in the show, I think that it could be a slippery slope where say the USC's of the world come and take guys from Pitt and then Pitt starts to go down to lower levels and takes the stars from the lower, from the slightly lower levels. And then those guys go and then we just have a chain reaction of tampering down the level where I think that could actually hurt the sport. And I think, I just kind of want to get your take on that and kind of where you see this going and, and how you can even set guardrails for stuff like this. Again, the portal movement, NIL, good stuff. The question is, how can you maybe not have every fan base that's not a blue blood not get essentially the rug pulled out from them every offseason? Yeah, I, I wish I had that answer because I would be a rich man myself if I did. Uh, th there's just so much unknown with even how to begin to attack it. I, I think some kind of timeline where there's a grace period could potentially become a, a thing where you have to give a certain time for your school to really uh, have an opportunity to sit down with you before you actually hit the portal. And then maybe another grace period where you have to wait to actually go uh, and, and accept any, any monies or, or something like that with the new school. Maybe you have to wait till the season begins. I, I'm not sure what the parameters should be, um, but, but there should be some kind of forced pause because like we, we're talking about, all this information comes in so quickly. It's so much to process and we're, we're adults. We're in the real world. Imagine being Jordan Addison. And I know it's hard to paint him as any sort of victim here because he's in position to, to be a millionaire sooner than we thought. But, you know, he's a lot younger, he's, he's, he's less informed, he has less experience just because of, of time. So, you know, imagine it being in his position. I think there's a point, and we've probably already seen it, where schools and business owners and people in the know financially are taking advantage of, of, of the kids in, in general, which has obviously happened in college football since the dawn of time, but now it's so public and it's such at a, a high scale, high intensity uh, a lot at stake type of situation. And it, it, it really becomes much more important for any margin of error to, to be uh, negatively impacting the kid himself. So there's, there's a lot of ways to look at it, Nick. I, I don't know how to guardrail it. There definitely has to be something changed, whether it's the timeline, when kids can enter, some kind of cooling off process, if that makes sense, thereafter entering the portal where maybe you can't get contacted right away. Maybe there ha there should be um, a group of people who are authorized to engage in NIL deals um, other than, uh, you know, compliance when the deal's already on the table. Th there has to be other ways to try to regulate it, but they've always found ways around that in college football. And, and because of the product, because of the, the billions of dollars that are, are made by these, these TV deals and institutions and all those things, 
I just don't know where to begin with it. But uh, hopefully they figure out somebody who can start that conversation, because obviously the guy in place, Mark Emmert, is, is no longer uh, a candidate for that. Yeah, certainly at that. And I think you kind of put it perfectly. We It's really hard to pinpoint what to do. It's tough because really the guardrail should have been there before this even happened. So really, I keep coming back to this. It's not a USC issue. It's not a Jordan Addison issue. It's not a pit issue. It's more of an NCAA oversight issue. That's kind of what I come back to. And it's like pitch just that pit, Jordan Addison, Lincoln, Riley, Pat Nergesi. They are just the frames for all of this stuff. Really, it's just a microcosm of what has been going on. This is more public than ever before. And again, I don't know how you necessarily tame it in. Because again, I think if Jordan Addison had said, okay, I'm going to go into the portal right after the season or wherever, after spring ball, whatever, and said, okay, I'm going to go into the portal. And then we came out and heard, okay, he's getting offered this money. People would be like, good for Jordan. You know, he's getting his money. He wanted to leave Pitt for whatever reasons he had. But it's basically because he never actually was in the portal. And then we started to hear the USC rumors, and we started to hear everything kind of curl in here. And that is what I think has made this situation so different than really anything we've seen. We're, I mean, it's the former Bolitnikoff Award winner going into the portal with an NIL deal essentially in place what it seems like a preordained destination. Now, you say there might be some change to that because this is essentially leaked out to the public in a public way. Uh, so this is – I don't know. What, what do you think this situation says about the future of college football right now? Uh, that's a great question, Nick. I don't know if I have the answer. But I do think it reemphasizes the point where the public really matters. Public opinion really drives college football. It's obviously where the passion lies in all these fan bases that, that fund the TV contracts and all those things. Uh, but it really does change things. And I think this is a good reemphasis point of, hey, like when this stuff leaks out, people have to speak up. People have to kind of let, let people know where they stand on it because that's the only way to continue that conversation and lead – to, to more change and hopefully positive change for, for everybody involved. But uh, I think I go back to uh, the Greg Schiano thing at Tennessee where it's like, boom, he's the guy, he's going to be hired. And then social media taught us that, hey, you can get a coach unhired if you voice your opinion strongly enough and consistently enough. And that's what happened. And, of course, they hired Jeremy Pruitt, and that was a disaster. But that's a whole different thing. Uh, but it, it does matter in terms of the court of public opinion in college football. Uh, I think that had to do potentially with Mark Emmert stepping down at, the, at this very convenient time. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that go into it, but I, I don't know where to begin in this conversation. But I do know that the, the, the powers that be and the voices that are linked to the sport have to remain consistent because otherwise the, the changes will be sweeping and, and probably negative uh, for, for the players, which is really the group that has endured um, or had to be patient longer than all of us, right? We, we've gotten our products. We, we, we had the BCS complained about that. And now we have the playoff and now we're complaining about that. Uh, you know, so we've, we've conducted change. The players have not really been a part of that conversation enough and they're the ones most most critically impacted so uh, i do think that they have to stay consistent as well but uh there, there's really no way to put this thing in a box nick especially like you said when it's a negotiation in theory taking place before any other action is made from the kid in terms of the portal itself and that's where that's where it really you know was the breaking point for a lot of people and and it, it's easy to to shape that argument 
Folks, taking a break there from the conversation with John, I want to let you guys know about Bet Online because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. What you said about players actually being hurt for this because this is—I don't think this is an angle I've heard uh, before. So you talk about the players specifically now. Do you just are you talking about guys like Addison, or are we talking about say even the walk-ons and or maybe the good players that are not great but can get NIL deals locally? You know, is this gonna what what? How do you think this affects the players negatively? Because I think most people are thinking, "Wow, this is great for the players." Jordan Addison is going to get paid multi-million dollars he's going to get a house in southern california for the year and then he's going to go off to the nfl and make millions of dollars in the nfl but this is kind of interesting to me how are the players actually hurt by this i think when you start to throw so such large amounts of money so early in the lives uh, i could i could not imagine nick being 20 years old i don't know how old jordan is but being 20 years old and and getting these options in front of me i'd probably do what we think jordan is doing but in that, what are you compromising in terms of the foundation of who you are as, a, as an adult, as a man, as a potential provider, whatever that is, are you compromising something on that path? And we all know that that, that, that creates an impactful situation one way or the other down the line. Is there a teammate that, that you were mentoring that now no longer gets that? And now that there's a trickle down effect thereafter financially, how does that impact you negatively when people publicly, again, know, okay, this 20 year old kid now now has all this money, you know, and, and he's, he's moving into a, a new city that he has really no knowledge of. Is he now a target? You know, I mean, there's so many ways to look at this and, and kind of worry to a degree for, for, for Jordan himself. Um, and then on the flip side, like you said, I mean, obviously, you know, these are still teenagers for, for the most part, right? There's, I've already heard uh, talks, you know, jealousy is becoming a bigger issue in college football. How does that affect how the coaches now navigate it? Do you start to, to maybe not stack some of these position rooms as heavy as you have, because now the internal divisiveness can become a thing. We used to only talk about that with quarterback battles, right? Well, this quarterback has the locker room, this one doesn't, but maybe has more talent. How does that, you know, break one way or the other? I mean, there's so many ways to look at it from a football perspective and more importantly, from a human perspective where it's, it's yes. I, again, let me make it clear. The more money, the better for these players. The players have long deserved it. They've always deserved it. They are the reason that we tune in. No disrespect to Narduzzi and Riley and Saban and Kirby Smart and, and Ryan Day. You guys are great, but we, we watch for the players, right? We watch for those guys in between the lines because we want to see their ascent um, and things that begin to affect that ascent um, even in, in, in what should be a positive, um, you know, could eventually turn into a negative. I mean, we, we've all seen the 30 for 30s on, on guys who are much older, who can't figure out what to do with the money and get taken advantage of with the money um, that I just, I, I, the public element, man, that, that's what really gets me. It's, if this was private and, and like you said, he, he went in the portal, he ends up at USC, he's catching passes from Caleb Williams, scoring touchdowns. And nobody knows about the money. Cool. I think that's that's the best case scenario. But it's just so hard to get there in 2022 when again it becomes a recruiting tool. We got our guy this much. 
Um, so it, it just creates a whole nother snowball of problems that it's, it's really hard to even talk about and, and kind of come to an end point. I feel like I'm rambling here. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I do think that lucrative NIL deals are good for these players. As we've said, coaches get paid absurd amounts of money and now the players are finally getting that too and getting paid their worth essentially, which is a great thing for them. They're freely able to move about in the portal as well with that one free transfer rule. I love it. You know, coaches are allowed to move wherever they are. So players are now allowed to move wherever they want to too. But the tampering I think part is going to hurt this. And then you kind of talk about these lucrative NIL deals. Well, I mean, how does that affect locker room dynamics? I think that's a question we don't really know the answer to quite yet because everyone is going to be looking at Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams. Both of those two guys are going to be probably making near 10 million combined somewhere around that number. We know Caleb Williams NIL deal is probably very lucrative and Jordan Addison's, if he goes to USC is going to make a very lucrative NIL deal. I think the locker room dynamics is certainly something to look at. And the guys are going to look around and say, where's my money, right? Because you guys can clearly pay, this much well then you have more and more guys getting paid more but maybe i'm not sure and this is kind of what i i'm wondering is if the programs are going to be able to pay that money essentially and they're going to step up i think it would be great if they did but are they going to do it i don't know or is this just a few select players that are going to be paid a ton of money while the rest are kind of sinking yeah and and that's another great great uh, point to bring up now what if the contract isn't honored by by the adult, right? By the person who is initiating all of this conversation? That's a, a lawsuit waiting to happen, which is probably going to be co- a common theme here. But and we've seen it on the other side too. We, we've seen you know the, Isaiah Wall, the basketball player at Miami, say, "I'm going to enter the portal unless my NIL deal is upped." Why did he say that? Well, Miami brought in a K-State transfer, and he was getting paid 800 grand uh, for for a year or two. And Wong had already had a deal in place for much less money. And now he's like, wait, I, I helped this team get to, I think, the Sweet 16 or wherever they went. You know, wh- why is my deal not that high? Well, now the flip side is, well, you signed a contract and now that's in place. So it, just, it creates some of the drama that we see at the NFL level. But again, with a younger group, a younger core, a literally less educated core that is less built to handle that. So if... The NFL guys can't handle it. How are these guys going to handle it at that scale? Uh, and, and it creates uh, so many other things. So, yeah, it's we're still less than a year into all this. And look at all the look at all the content we have right on, on our side of it. It is it is wild. Uh, and, and we still have a lot to go just in terms of understanding how it works, much less how to fix it. Yeah, it is the Wild West out here right now. Again, a completely unregulated market. We are seeing what that looks like. Guardrails probably coming in some extent, hopefully. And I hope, I really hope, because sometimes the NCAA can overcorrect on this. And what doesn't need to happen, in my opinion, is taking away the ability to make as much money as they make. And don't take away their ability to move freely about in the port. we got to keep those two things intact. Again, it's the player empowerment era for a reason. They have been built off the backs of these universities, making millions of dollars off the, their TV contracts. And they're just finally starting to reap the warts. I, I worry that they're going to overcorrect. And that's something, I, again, I know Mark Emmert's going to be gone and we're going to have a new face to this. So we might not see actual action until that new regime takes over. And so we might have to wait a little bit here to see what actually happens. But again, it's, it's a tough thing. And the NCAA doesn't exactly have a sterling record in fixing these issues. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not, let's not rely on, on that group to, take care of this thing for, for everybody. And, and then it, it starts to make you think about other things. When you were saying that, I was like, 
well, at some point, these schools are just going to pull away. Maybe we won't consider this an amateur sport anymore because, let's be honest, it's long been the minor leagues of the National Football League. So maybe we just separate that from the schools. I mean, what, at what point does this really make sense for everybody? And, and I'm just not sure, Nick, because obviously you can't do that at the highest level without doing it at other levels. And, and that's really where a lot of these issues come into play. It, it is not equal. It's never been equal. And, and there's really no a way to look forward to and imagine, hey, this thing's going to correct itself. And, and like you said, the NCAA is known for overcorrection. So this thing could actually get worse before it gets better. Exactly. And, and who knows? We could see a super league form amongst the Blue Bloods. We could see, and this is something I, I've thrown out, is we could see actually the athletic departments from these bigger schools, including size schools like Pitt, pull away as separate entities from the university and actually just license that name and say, we are the university of Pittsburgh Panthers, but we are not actually within the athletic realm, if you will, or the university core. So that is something to look at as well. I I don't know how this goes. I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I think we're really though on the cusp of a complete shift in what we know as college football and really, and once you get into the pro waters, you start having unions, you start having talk of salary cap, you start having talk of all of this minutia, and it gets crazy. But honestly, uh, it's the way I look at it right now, going making it semi-pro, it might not be the worst uh, decision. But again, there's so much that comes with that. So I don't really know where they go from here, John. But I do know that this sucks for Pitt fans to lose their best player uh, to whoever it may be, as you threw out, might not be USC, given the public backlash but this is a situation that's good for jordan addison getting a ton of money not so good having all that burden placed on him at i believe he's i actually think he's only 19 uh right now so a really young guy um no he's at he turned 20 earlier this year so he's a 20 year old kid dealing with all of this pressure on his shoulders it's a tough situation to look at and you just gotta take this as the encapsulation of college football right now Yep, just try to enjoy Saturdays and, you know, everything in between. You just got to uh, take with a grain of salt um, and, and, it's, and know that it's going to change. I think that's that's the thing that will really test the sport's standing is, is knowing it will change. How much, how soon all of that's still TBD? Again, I mean, we're less than a year in NIL. I think it was July 1 of 2021. I mean, we're less than a year. We're 10 months into this thing. I mean, it's and it's already created so many different storms. Uh, that are only growing in, in size. So it, it is, it's a lot. It's a lot, uh, but but we all love the sport for a reason. So hopefully things can get figured out. Well, John, thanks as always for coming on here. Great talk here about Jordan Asset NIL, the deals around this. Tell them where they can find your stuff. As always, you do great stuff here. Appreciate that, Nick. Uh, yeah, si.com slash college. Uh, we're tr- trying to track traditional recruiting as much as we can, but look, the portal is becoming a big part of our conversation at Sports Illustrated as well. So definitely check us out for free, si.com slash college. Folks, as always, make sure to check out John's stuff. Make sure to follow him down there. You can see his handle at John Garcia underscore junior. And as always, folks, thanks for listening to the Locked on Pit podcast. And as always, hail to Pitt.